everything now is being recorded on a new track on my end there's a band, there's a band called my dinosaur life is there it seems new-ish because this guy is wearing Bojack Horseman shirt and it says forthcoming EP. I would be willing to bet that they named themselves after the album. Hey, hey look at this. My Dinosaur Life is a five-piece pop-punk band hearing from Cremona, a small town in... Heavily Mexico. influenced by bands such as Motion City Soundtrack, The Ataris, and The Wonder Years. So, I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Could be. Who Could knows? Be. Do you, do you know the story behind the album title? I he was talking about it in the in the MLB fan cave, like, but then I just glazed over the actual. Did he say it was like a bastardization of something? Yeah. So there's, oh, man, I forget what the movie is. Um, I I literally this was this was said in like a live video from like a show they did in a Florida record store or something. I, I get, I get real deep. <laughs> I've gotten real deep on motion city soundtrack. Um, but in some movie, they, somebody says, um, like I'm living my dragon life or something like that. Um, and it's, it's like a silly thing, but it's the way I've been for years. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. What? What? It's, it's the way I've been for years. Um, it's a silly thing that that's, someone says in some reference to something. I just I also just Googled it. I heard you Googling it. I also just Googled it and could not find it. Um, but so he he had mis, mis, misremembered the quote and had been quoting that for ever, but as my dinosaur life. And so it just became the title of the album. It's been a good year, a good new beginning I'm through with the old school, so let's commence the winning I've been a good little worker bee I deserve a gold everybody welcome to motion city podcast the only motion city soundtrack podcast probably um i've looked haven't found any uh definitely the only one that goes through every motion city soundtrack song week by week song by song uh in no particular order i am your one of one of your guides through this journey of music uh i'm naim Siddiqui. you might know me but on the internet is kuhan joining me uh is my co-host through this journey jacob walden how's it going jake good i'm excited yeah we so um, i just want to say um i i don't think i like we so jake and i have talked about motion city soundtrack forever we're we're it's 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 your number one band as well right uh yeah i mean by listens especially lately it is it is um it's 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 been they've been my number one band for for the better part of the last 10 years um and so like we just talk about them all the time and uh one day if if you happen to think this format sounds familiar it's because uh there's a podcast called blink 155 where they talk about every blink 182 song and i was like that's a good concept let's steal that and i just messaged jake hey let's do a podcast where we just talk about every single more city soundtrack song one by one and he goes this but unironically I'm like cool we're doing it <laughs> yeah i they're the only band I've listened to for as long as I have. I listened to Coldplay about the same time that I was getting, or that I'd started listening to Motion City Soundtrack. I listened to Coldplay, and I really like Coldplay, but then Coldplay didn't stay good like I feel Motion City Soundtrack has. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. I I, uh, I compare Coldplay to uh, Maroon Five. Like, it's just it. Maroon Five is is the the ten years later version of Coldplay. Uh, in that they used to be a rock band, <laughs> uh, and now they're not. <laughs> Like I listened to Viva La Vida recently, and or what, Viva La Vida and Death of All His Friends, the full album, and Viva La Vida still seems like the best song they ever done. But on that album, it feels like they started falling off. And then today, I'm listening through Panic Stations and everything else. But 
but the album I was doing full today was Panic Stations. And I was just struck by like, like all of these songs of this album. And I know if I put on another album, I'd be like, oh yeah, all of these, like just jamming every time I listen to an album. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think most city soundtrack put out uh, a bad album. Um, I think go is undoubtedly their least good. Um, but I, I don't think it's a bad album and, uh, I'm very happy. I think there are less good songs, but like 99, like almost all of the not less good songs are like B sides that I've rarely ever listened to. So it works out. Uh, today's song though is, uh, is worker B, uh, from the album, my dinosaur life. Uh, the first track off of the fourth album uh so it's kind of like it's kind it's it's our first episode and it's the first track off of their off of um their major record label debut so my dinosaur life was the first song the first and only album um that was on columbia slash sony records uh and then that sort of didn't work out and then they left the record label which is uh interesting to me i mean i i I don't know. It's it's interesting. Uh, first, it's interesting that this was the major record, record label debut because if in a vacuum, if I if I did not know that, I would think even if it kills me was their major record label debut. Um, just because it's it's way poppier, and commit this to memory was such a success that it would make sense that they would join a, join a major label between the big success and then the one that was super poppy. Um, but. They didn't. They joined after uh, before this uh, album and then left after this album. Um, I was reading a review of the album and it said this: the, the person was speculating that it would be their their breakout or could be their breakout, which I guess they say every time. Um, but yeah, it does seem like the most friendly to airplay. I just I feel and like even, I mean I I I I like this album, but I feel like even if it kills me, is the most friendly to airplay broken heart this is for real like those just sound like pop songs i guess i guess i'm saying that from the like how rocking the some of the songs of this album feel like like worker b just not that what worker b feels like a radio song but more like pulp fiction disappear hysteria all I, those feel like yeah i guess well because so around this time uh their peers um, who I'd say like Fallout Boy, who they you know initially toured with, and uh, Patrick Stump has vocals on uh, on um, Everything Is All Right, and Justin Pierre has vocals on uh, uh, Chicago. So two years ago, mm-hmm. this is when this is actually right around the time that they um, broke up um, before getting back together. But uh, what did they have? What album did they release? Fo- uh, Folie Adieu was the one that they had released most recently before this, which had a bunch of songs that I don't know. So maybe I shouldn't have brought it up because I have—I literally have no idea. I've never heard any of these Fall Out Boy songs. Yeah, I listened to the ones that were popular when they were being played 15 years ago and nothing at length. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I can't, I can't, anyways, anyway, uh, they, I, I don't know. It, it feels like they, they got rockier. Like this, this song is a little bit, I, I feel like this, this, well, this album is a little bit punkier. Maybe not this song in particular, but this, this, this album is a little bit more into the emo genre. Whereas the emo bands were starting to sort of veer away from emo. What did My Chemical Romance put out around this time? Uh, did they also break up around this time? No. They put out Danger Days, which had other songs I've never heard of, but which Wikipedia classifies as uh, pop punk, power pop, pop rock, punk rock. So like, I, I feel like emo bands are starting to veer away from emo, and Motion City Soundtrack sort of veered back into it in, in is, well, again we're not talking about the album as an album necessarily and that's what it shouldn't be but like disappear delirium um hysteria like those those are a little emoer they're they're a little bit more in the in the vein of of lg Fouad, which is like an emo anthem um uh like 
yeah, like I feel I feel like those songs would would fit well with um a song like Teenagers from My Chemical Romance uh as opposed to um I don't know, something 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 from the the first or the the uh, uh like the middle couple of Blink-182 albums. What actually what I did um think about this record uh was that it um it felt similar to me to uh Blink-182's Untitled album from 03 um which was the one right before they broke up coincidentally um and and like it it just it seems like they they veered like the last two the last album was super poppy and seemed made for radio play and then this one just sort of got a little bit rougher which is not a bad thing it just got it just seemed to get rougher um and and i think it worked for blink and i think it worked for more city soundtrack a lot of people that's a lot of people's favorite blink album but uh i don't know what do you uh what do you think for a while my dinosaur life was the album i listened to the most and that's that's changed i mean now i'm all over the place but i i wouldn't have called it at any point my favorite album uh, i still wouldn't uh, but i do i think it's for me the easiest to listen to um, and I don't describe that other than it's just I like I like kind of the constant rock. Um, yeah, it, it's the it's the it's a consistent beat of the song "Worker Bee" into "A Life Less Ordinary" into uh, "Her Word Destroyed My Planet" into I think it's "Disappear" is fourth on the album. Yeah, "Disappear" is fourth, and. I just I like the the feeling of momentum. Yeah, and it all starts with with worker with bee. worker bee, um, which which does like I think worker bee is a great start to the album. Um, I can't imagine anything else starting the album, uh, which is actually mm-hmm. it's funny because um, the record the s- second side of the record starts with stand too close. And I, I actually, um, I'm not a huge fan of Stand Too Close as the starter of side B of the record. I think History Lesson would actually have been a much, obviously, you're limited by uh, what you can put on what side of the record. But I think History Lesson f- goes flows so well into Stand Too Close as well that I, I kind of wish that was the first track on side B uh, instead of ending there. And then anyway, um, but Worker B, I think is it's it's a great start to the album i mean it's it's all about beginning so it, it sort of it sort of starts it actually so um in the uh the videos that they put out about each track which they put out uh when the album was coming out uh justin compared it to attractive today saying like it was you know like yeah he knew when he wrote it that it was going to start the album um it's so it's so it, i think i don't know if he says in the video it gets the point but that's certainly what he what he's trying to get at which is that i i remember counting or i i, I counted the amount of time for like musical breaks in the or for melody breaks in the song and lyrics and it's just it's it's like almost entirely just just singing yeah well it's and it's it's, it's melody. two and a half minutes right so like that makes sense mm-hmm. um and 25 yeah and and i i mentioned blink-182 a couple of times mark hoppus of blink-182 produced this album uh, he also produced commit this to mm-hmm. memory um but i think that's that's something blink did a lot was they they'd get in it's like the, the two minute song and that's it like you know you don't they're like i guess sort of like a leave them wanting more type thing um which is interesting because because like Motion City soundtrack does a lot of longer songs. Time Turn Fragile, one of my favorite songs, is, is over four minutes long. Um, and uh, Hold Me Down, I mean, Hold Me Down ends like a minute before it ends, but um, but like it it does go on like five minutes, I think. Yeah, the last the weekends on on my dinosaur life. The last songs is just it must not just start five minutes. It's four forty eight. Yeah, which is it, it, I think I think does something similar to, it's been a little while since i've listened to the weekends but i think it does something similar to hold me down where it just like the song ends and then there's just like a big sort of like continuation of the ending mm-hmm. so like you're just sort of like sitting with the album a little longer um which is interesting attractive today by the way also was a minute 42 um yeah yeah is that the shortest i think so 
um besides besides like covers and stuff um but i think usually they start albums off with with short songs um i think circuits and wires might be the longest at three minutes seven seconds anything at all is two minutes 40 um fell in love without you is 231 cambridge i think is yeah cambridge is 230 230. so like they always they always start with a short song which is interesting i don't know i don't know if if that's intentional or just a coincidence um in the video likes to keep he wants to get the energy high at the beginning yeah which makes sense it you know that's always what they want to do then it's the same with with panic stations with uh with tko anything at all is the first track is it tk is the second track yeah tk is three and a half yeah um which and tk isn't i don't i don't think tk is super energetic i think he is tko uh i like tko but when i heard that as a single i i uh was like oh is this is this what they're doing I think it works fine on the album and like I got used to it, but like I was like, it felt slow. Um, anyway, so, um, which is actually, which is funny because I read uh, a review of this album from, from the time that said like this album starts slow, starting with Worker B and then, and then Lifeless Norton and then her, her words all felt slow until you get to disappear. And I was like, Re- really? Like those, none of those songs really feel that slow to me. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't I, get. With a life less ordinary, a life less ordinary does feel like it, like its own shift. A little uh, bit, yeah, and that actually also feels a little, a little poppier um, than than the rest of the songs. Actually, so okay, so just by sheer coincidence, I, I this, so I, I picked the song this week, and and Jake's gonna pick the song next week, um, but um, I just like by complete coincidence. I realized that Worker B is the first Motion City soundtrack song I ever heard. Well, maybe not the first I ever heard. The first I ever heard was actually Everything Is Alright because it was on the Bad News Bears soundtrack, um, but I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I actually didn't know it was on the Bad News Bears soundtrack until like a month and a half ago when for some reason all the Motion City soundtrack songs went off of Google Play Music. Um, and that's the only place I could find it was the Bad News Bears soundtrack. And then they came back like a week and a half later. <laughs> Uh, it's re- <laughs> it's really weird. Um, so I turns out I'd heard Motion City soundtrack when I was thirteen, um, mm-hmm. but uh, but I didn't become a fan until um, until this album. This album was reviewed on a music podcast that I listened to. Um, that was that it, that I listened to because it was hosted by the host of a Dragon Ball Z podcast that I still listen to. Um, the music podcast doesn't exist anymore, um, but they reviewed this album because he was a big fan of Motion City soundtrack. So when the when the like album review starts, it starts with Worker Bee. So Worker Bee happens to be the first Motion City soundtrack song I ever heard, and they were actually disappointed by the uh, by the album. They were. Um, they didn't, yeah, like they, they thought it wasn't that, they thought it was safe, actually. They thought they played everything safe, which is really interesting to me because I didn't think that at all. I thought this was... A- I don't know. I think, like, I, I'm not a fan. I, I mean, I, 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 I would say I like it the least of History Lesson, but it, History Lesson feels like the most... Uh, disjointed, different. Like, it, it feels like it stands in stark contrast with every other song in the album, and I don't know of an album that has a song like that that just is like like it feels like from the beginning of history lesson it's a yeah um they're they're trying something completely different well i mean i don't know i think uh together we'll ring in the new year on commit this to memory is just like there's the whole rest of the album and it's all like high energy and then together ring in the new year is just Justin and guitars like there's no drums on that song there's no bass on that song there's no synth on that song it's just Justin and guitar um I don't know I mean I because I, I, I always felt like and I, I like that like and I like that it's like slows down before you get to hangman like I, I like that on commit this to memory but I just I found I I don't know that, that that's because history lesson you know the the band joins in. It just starts off with this little acoustic thing, um, but I I agree. It is it is definitely a little a little different than everything else on the album. Um, but Worker Bee, <laughs> which is what we're talking about. Um, um, what was I going to say? Oh, so in that video, uh, 
Josh says, so he, he says that the song has a bit of everything, like it, it's high energy and it has the guitars and it's some guitars alone and it has Justin and blah, 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 and, the, and drum stuff. And then he says also the keyboard synthy thing, which is the Moog synth, which <laughs> you've been in this band for 10, like over 10 years, Josh. Yeah, I think you know what it's called. Um, but also, I don't hear any synth in this song at all. Like, unless I'm missing something. Did you hear any synth? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I don't. I, now, like, if I listen through it now and I'm looking for it, I'm probably, I might deceive myself into thinking I hear it, but. I was, again, I listen, was specific. So much of the song just. Yeah. Well, I was specifically looking for it because, because we've discussed what we think makes a great Motor City soundtrack song. And I, you know, we think, I, I, I think the, the, the three main, main elements are uh, Justin and that that's the singing and the lyrics, um, the, the drums. And, uh, I think <laughs> uh, we'll talk about it when we get to panic stations. I think Claudio did an admirable job, but I just don't think he's good of a drum songwriter as Tony is. Um, and then the synth and, uh, you know, like, I think there are good, great most city soundtrack songs that don't have very much synth. LG Fod only has like a little bit of synth at the very end. Um, but, uh, but like so, I, so I like, you know, listening to this song with a with an eye with an with an ear for this. I was listening for the synth, and I just like I maybe maybe I just missed it. Uh, maybe it was just like is you know bedded bedded in there, which is funny because actually um, that's what they, that's something they mentioned on the on the podcast as well was that uh, this whole album didn't have all that much synth. Uh, I know her words has a decent amount of synth, and there's some others elsewhere, but also like her words. Um, there's big chunks of her words destroyed my planet where, because uh, they play that song live a lot, and there's big chunks of that song where Jesse uh, Johnson, the synth player, uh, like is just playing cowbell, <laughs> not the synth. Yes. So whacking it's the shit out of it. Yeah, whacking the shit, and he's great. Like I, I think, <laughs> I think the band wouldn't would maybe be like two thirds as enjoyable live if he wasn't just out there fucking hyping the shit out of everything it's the best oh man I can't wait till we get to my favorite accident cause <laughs> cause I'm gonna talk about Moog stands um but uh uh yeah I don't know I, I feel like this album in general but I'm specifically the working in my head which you know it's not perfect recreation, but I can't I can't play synth in it. Right, and and there's there's specific points that I know that there's like guitar parts that I'm like these can be synth parts, like these could be really really sick synth parts, and I don't know why I'm not hearing synth. <laughs> you know, like it it could just be bedded in there somewhere. So that's, that's the video interview of it. Is he maybe they're talking about a different a uh, different version of it, like the non master? Maybe maybe it's possible. Um, but I feel like the song would be with the guitar still in there, but with synth in there, I feel like the song would have been even better. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. Not, I'm not saying take out all the guitars, but there's like there's some there's, there's there's multiple guitar parts that I'm like you could you could either drop this for a synth part or add a synth part in there. Because um, that, that I think that's part of what makes what sets most city soundtrack apart. And and you know, part, part yeah, like is 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 I, obviously I think the vocals and and the songwriting sets them apart. Um, but uh but the synth is, is something that like a lot of bands don't do like you know it's it's mm-hmm. i don't know and it it it, it uh it makes all of it, it, it's responsible for so much pop and so much of the of the of the, of the, the auditory pop yeah which is funny because like it's also funny because um i don't know i i think i'm i'm slightly more disappointed knowing that josh said it has the keyboard synthy thing because if i'm not hearing the keyboard synthy thing that means there was a like unless he just got mixed up that means there was a keyboard synth part recorded and then just like didn't make it in and by the way even on the video jesse's not in the video at all matt's in there justin's in there josh is in there tony's in there jesse is not in the video mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm sure he's in some of the other ones i don't i don't know i, I haven't seen all of them yeah um but it's uh it's like or maybe he was you know sick or busy that day i, I have no idea but like he's not in any of those videos and it's like oh and it's funny because um and we'll talk about the uh alternate versions Wait, how many, later how many of, the, of those videos have you watched i've only watched the worker b1 um i might watch the rest of them later i, I didn't even know they were a thing i maybe i did maybe i'd seen one of them before but as far as i remember i didn't i didn't know they were a thing until yesterday when i watched that video um but uh 
Oh, I forgot what I was going to say now. Eh, it doesn't matter. Um, do you have a... Oh, oh we're, oh, we're, we're going to talk about the alternate versions I'm, later. I'm going, through, I'm, I'm going through song by song and on my dinosaur life, and I'm just trying to think of specific moments of, of Sith use. <laughs> I think this might just be this... I think that on her words, that's a synth. Yeah, that's fine. It, it, it is just doing a stunning job of sounding like whistling. Is that the well? It's funny too because um, they they didn't do it in the in the most recent tour, um, or I mean, because I saw I saw I saw them in in Chicago on New Year's Eve. Um, but when they they have a, a there's a video of a full live performance professionally shot that they did in sydney um i think on the my dinosaur life no no it was on the go tour because they play some go songs um so it would have been 2012 2013 um and when they when they play her words like you can clearly hear i don't know i i assume it's um matt and, and josh and uh and tony just singing like the da 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 like just singing it instead of like somebody playing it so i don't know if it's because jesse's busy whacking that cowbell um <laughs> but uh or or if it's just like you know additional but they didn't do like because i i sing along to it in chicago but it wasn't like they were doing that on stage so i don't know if if they you know if jesse was just playing the synth on it or not um and I think there's like there's definitely some synth on on uh, at at track nine, um, but yeah, like I think I think this was like l- this whole album was a little low in synth. I, I, does Pulp Fiction have any synth? I really like Pulp Fiction. I'd be upset if it didn't have any synth. Um, but I was gonna say, uh, so we're gonna talk about the alternate versions later. Um, but on- I think Pulp Fiction does have it at the beginning. Yeah. Or is that just the keyboard? Or is the keyboard the Moog? Well, the, the keyboard and the synth. I mean, that, that's that's. Not the exact same, obviously, but it's it's the same player. But it it is it, it's probably might just be the the synth synthing a keyboard because he doesn't have like a, a full keyboard. Um, yeah, it's definitely the beginning of Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Um, oh, but like, like I said, so um, in in the in the alternate version that's on the deluxe edition, like there's some xylophone and some other stuff. And like, <laughs> I just, I feel like <laughs> Jesse's got more to do on the alternate version than he does on the main version. <laughs> like, I just, I feel bad. Like <laughs> there seems to be so much more of, of other instrumentation on the alternate version, but the alternate version is also, I mean, it's, it's, it's acoustic more than just alternate. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a good, arrangement but um did you find anything else on your deep dives i'm just reading through these songs uh, as far as worker bee goes no the the video you had was the that's the only information that seems to be out about the actual lyrics in the song um, um and the video i don't even think talks much about the composition besides saying that it's like energetic there was um oh, and the the keyboard he sent that's not there. <laughs> there was an interview with Alternative Press where Justin said uh, the basic outline of the song came to him one night while he was wandering around his apartment with an acoustic guitar, wrote almost all the words in one sitting, and seemed he said it seemed to me the song was destined to be the opening track. Its purpose was to pick up where even if it kills me ended, and set out an outline or course of what is yet to come. I went through a rough patch or two, but came out okay on the other side. This song is about staying positive. To be self-congratulatory defeats an act. To be self-congratulatory defeats any act of accomplishment. Therefore, I had to. It made me laugh. Try as I might to be serious, I cannot resist the tongue in cheek. Um, which is it's interesting too, because um, this was the first album after Justin got sober. He got sober uh, on he 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 counts his sober date as like January second or third, twenty ten. Um, and My Dinosaur Life came out January 19th, 2010. So I, I think he relapsed, um, but like essentially this whole album was written sober. Hmm. Um, oh, I also found, uh, found the film. It was called American Teen, a 2008 documentary film. That's probably why I couldn't find it on Google. 
the the, the my dragon life quote is from a 2008 film called american teen um but yeah so so i think i think that's part of it too is that he's coming back from being sober and so that's that's the sort of accomplishment that he's that he's saying it's been a good year a good new beginning right is the the new beginning of kicking alcohol and drugs in the video, it all, it, 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 while he does sound optimistic, at the same time, there does seem to be some sarcasm there. So I picked up. That's what it, it seemed to me like. Like it picked up on, which was like, yeah, recognizing good of sobriety, uh, or at least not of not of alcoholism, and kind of the bad of. Well, even so, I, I mean, I think I think I didn't even think about it in this context until right now, when I sh- totally should have. But uh, gone are the glad hands, the black holes, and liars, the constant companions, obnoxious suppliers. Mm-hmm. Like that's seems pretty clear. It went from no good to fucked up and over, a total distortion of lifelong disorders. Uh, I don't know. That, that, and then even like now that all wounds are resurfacing too, that might even just be about like the relapse that happened. Um. And he's like, like, toss that all aside. Let's fuck it up. Like, we're done. Let's, uh, uh, let's, yeah, I don't know. It's so, it's like, it's so, feels so, like, optimistic, but also, like, almost like dark comedy. Well, and I I think, I feel like that's a lot of the songwriting of Motor City, right? Like, Mm-hmm. is yeah, everything is all right. Tell me that you're all right. Everything is all right. And this whole song's about anxiety, right? Like, um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like that's uh, what they do. Um, one interesting thing about this album is that... Uh, so, to, um, oh, I don't think I mentioned. So, so Tony in that video joke that it wasn't like he, that it's funny that the song starts with it's a, been a good year, a good new beginning. Cause, uh, on the first of that year of 2009, he broke, broke his, his arm. arm. <laughs> um, and the whole album, like they tracked the whole album with a drum machine, uh, until he recovered. And, uh, that's actually why they were able to get Mark Hoppus because, um, I think he was on tour or something when they first started recording. Uh, but then he broke his arm. And so while they're waiting for him to recover, they had to hold off on recording the album and then Hoppus became available or something like that. Um, but do do you, um, I don't know. Do you do you notice in any way this song being affected by the drums coming in last? No. I don't. I don't I, well, you asked me that, and I and I I've just begin playing the song in my head. I, I don't. You know, when listening to the songs, I don't. I, I don't feel like I a specific thing about when something comes in, like timing wise. So in this case, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think they come in everything at once. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind the recording the coming in last, but like, so I don't know. Do you, like, do you, do you feel like you notice the impact of? Because a lot of times, obviously, drums get recorded first because it's that's the beat. Well, in this uh, four worker beat, since it starts with them just singing, I, I just felt like that was the that was the you know the stylistic choice, the production choice to begin it with him just singing rather than yeah. Like, like attributable to a lack of a drummer. Well, I commit this to memory. It starts that way too. Right, a track today is just is just uh, singing guitar until everyone comes in. Um, yeah. so that that makes sense. I I don't I don't think that I I just mean like the 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 like the the drums coming in last in the recording. If if that happens to like being being recorded last. If, if I don't know. If that happens to come through, or I, I guess I, I guess you just didn't even didn't even notice it. Um, well, now that you say that, I feel like it kind of does. If it does feel a little bit like the drums are an afterthought, feels critical or it feels um, like maybe like a snipe, but it, it does kind of feel like drums are an oversight in the song and the way it's played. Because talking about the acoustic version, uh, while I while I do prefer the the album version to it i do like the the alternate version of it and in both cases it seems like the 
Well, in the especially the acoustic system, the drums aren't there. Um, or is he like hitting a? I think there's there's some like tambourine. He he. So I I know definitely in like the some of the because there's so there's three different acoustic arrangements, and we'll, we'll talk about those in a minute. But um, I forget what the the box the one that they did at at Warp Tour. There's the the box that you sit on. Um, yeah. But I forget what it's called. Was that cajon? It's called a cajon. What about did they do the same thing at the MLB Fan Cave? Where? Um, not the fan cave. I think it was no, just no, because I don't think I don't think Tony was. I don't. I don't. Yeah, no. The the fan the fan cave was the same as all of the all of the Macy's tours, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is a real thing that happened. Uh, which was uh just uh it was Justin and Josh and um and Matt. So just it was it was two two guitars and singing. I don't know if Matt's playing a bass. Let me double check. Um, I think he's playing a... You know, it's two guitars. Matt's not playing an acoustic bass. Uh, which is interesting, because as someone who plays guitar... Not well, but as someone who plays guitar, uh, I would... Uh, I would think if I'm playing guitar on stage that I'd like, I would hate to like just, just be singing and not have a guitar if I'm used to playing the guitar. But... Yeah, that's what he, that's what he talks about. That's what Justin talks about is... I'm used to doing something up here. Yeah, like his, his like his hands are just like doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't come up with cajon. You speak Spanish. It just means box. Uh <laughs> I don't I speak I read Spanish. I don't speak. <laughs> anyway, um <laughs> So yeah, I guess if you don't have anything else, we can talk about the uh the alt versions. So we would we would normally uh again stealing uh uh our format as much as we can from blink 155 uh normally talk about the um alternative uh, we'll talk about like covers and stuff but there are virtually no covers of this online and all the covers are just like a white guy with an acoustic guitar or a white girl with ukulele or or a white guy with ukulele or a white guy with ukulele or a white girl with an acoustic guitar or the one that's a black guy with an electric guitar and like some are better than others you know um as 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 ever but in general there's it's no, like full yeah there's no full video video of like a full band like a full band or or even or like even or even like a full arrangement it's, it's all like one person in front of a yeah. camera like there's not like they didn't you know, plug into a, a a sound like they didn't record it. It's just like them in front of their camera. Which I don't want to knock that. That's that's all I do on Instagram. It's literally the only thing I do on Instagram is post videos of me in front of my phone camera playing acoustic guitar. Um, but uh, there's really not much to to listen to or or pick apart there. The one cover that does exist uh, is uh, the Sparrow Sleeps cover on the album yes. Commit This to Mammary. And I am a big Sparrow Sleeps fan, uh, <laughs> which is a weird thing, I guess, to say. But I, uh, so they, um, Sparrow Sleeps is, I think, two guys, or it might just be one guy doing the music and one guy doing the arrangement or something like that. Uh, but they do lullaby covers of songs. So you might have seen like Rock by. Ba- rock a bye baby or twinkle twinkle little rock star so sparrow sleeps is that except exclusively for pop punk music um which is great because that's uh my jam so uh this is the sparrow sleeps cover of worker bee That's enough of that. Um, oh, I was telling you the first time I, the first time I listened now to that's it, I was, that. I, was, uh, I was so hoping it would be, would break into the, like the, oh, just the, I'll be sure that too, but now like the British nanny singing. Oh. Just, <laughs> very calmly. Um, yeah, like, I, uh, by the way, so, um, so, 
I did I already say I'm a, I'm a big fan of Spirit of Sleep. I did. I listen like I, I I listen to this stuff to sleep all the time. Uh, Worker Worker B has 32 plays um, for me. Their cover of Worker B, uh, which I believe is more than I have for the actual Worker B. I have 30 for the actual Worker B and 32 for the Sparrow Sleeps cover. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, but it's I think I don't know. I have, did you listen to the whole thing of the Sparrow Sleeps? Yeah. No, I I think it's it's um, one of the lesser ones of the ones they did on here, um, which is just, I mean that's gonna happen. I think it's it's kind of an energetic song, and to lullabyify it, you yeah. have to sort of de-energize it. So it's it's four minutes long instead of two and a half. Um, but it's it, I think it's really good. Her words is actually it's six minutes and twelve seconds, and uh, it's also like it's one of the I don't know so some things I think. I, I really enjoy, like I said, like the Sparrow Sleeps lullaby covers. And it's nice. Like I also um, at my um, my brother's my, after my brother's wedding, we had like a little get together at his apartment. Um, and I just I took all the like I took I took a playlist of Sparrow Sleep songs and played them over the Alexa speaker. And then it is, you know, quiet in the background, but it was just, it was like xylophone covers of pop punk songs. So I don't know. We, uh, we enjoyed it. He, he enjoyed it and I enjoyed it. And, uh, I don't oh, yeah, think his, put on the background. I don't think his wife cared, but it is, it's great to put on the background. Yeah. And, and like I said, like I'll, I'll sleep to them a lot because it's just solid to put on in the background. And what's nice mm-hmm. is I like to sleep to music with lyrics. Um, but because then I can like <laughs> my mind races sometimes and I can sing along to the song because I just know the song so well. And that way my brain power is going towards singing the lyrics instead of going towards like thinking of other things. So uh, it, uh, it works well for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that is the Sparrow Sleeps cover. Uh now some of the alternate versions. So uh, again, we're not going to play every part of all of these, but there was the bonus track alternate uh, version, which was the sort of acoustic version that was on the um, on the deluxe edition second disc, uh, and that's this here. Constant companions and noxious suppliers, carnivore kings, milking holiday sins, comas and cashmere. It went from no good to fire. So that has um, some piano, obviously, in there. I, I don't think I got it. Just the clip I grabbed didn't have any uh, uh, of the xylophone but you really like the xylophone right i like the xylophone i love the piano i i really like the arrangement yeah when the acoustic isn't just play this with guitars but we'll bring in like a, like the piano or especially like the like the xylophones too right yeah same I, I, but new honestly i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if they if they wanted to do an acoustic ep for this like they did for uh even if it kills me and just either didn't have enough tracks. There's there's four alternate versions um, on the on that disc. So either they just didn't have enough tracks, um, or the studio didn't want them to. I, I, I did they do is in, in the Warped Tour is there a live version of uh, of track nine? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it was just. Worker B, Life Less Ordinary, and uh, her words. I think it's just the three. That's those are the three I've seen. But there, there might be some somewhere. Um, but let's let's. I feel like I've seen some video of them in front of a crowd singing one of their songs with like more frequent profanity in it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, but the Warp Tour. So they did the Warp Tour um, in front of the the uh, Truth About Drugs bus, um, <laughs> which is funny because Justin was sober, and I think he might have been the only one. Uh, so that's uh let me play some some of that real quick here. Now that my words don't quite do 
So I really like um, how they don't just rearrange. So that one's that one's just Justin in a guitar, and then Tony on the cajon, and uh, Matt just doing the shaker. I forget what those, what those are called if they have a name, but you're like just shaking the. I think it might just be a shaker. It might just be a shaker. Um, yeah. Which is funny because Matt's probably the best musician in the band, um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's it's. I, I really like how sometimes when they do acoustic versions, they'll like change, like rearrange the the vocals around the acoustic too. Mm-hmm. So like like the now that my words don't quite do what they should. Which is different from the now that my words don't quite do what they should. Um, I, I really, I don't know. I really like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I could listen to. I mean, I listen to the. Uh, the evening if it kills me with the album and then all the acoustics right after. Yeah. I, think um, I listened to that through two times in entirety in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Good enough for me. What's also what's also funny is I, I think there's definitely a version where because because Matt does a lot of the backing vocals like uh, Matt and Josh and Tony do backing vocals but like generally if it's just one backing vocal it's Matt um, presumably because he's the second best singer after Justin or maybe the best singer we haven't really heard a lot of them he he very well could be the <laughs> uh, fun fact actually if you didn't know this about Panic at the Disco uh, Panic at the Disco started as a Blink One Eighty Two cover band. And then um, Brendan Urie joined the band as the backup singer, and they were like, "No, you're the better singer in the band," and they just made him the singer. Uh, so it could just be that the whole time, uh, Dave Grohl, Dave Grohl was not the lead singer of Nirvana, and he's the lead singer of Foo Fighters. Um, <laughs> so like, so sometimes you just have a really good singer in the back, the background. But um, he did very little harmonization on the on this specific acoustic version. Um, which is funny because the camera keeps cutting to him just shaking. Um, hold on, let me. I think I have one right here with him. There's like that's one. That's like the one point of harmony that he does on on that version. Um, but they did, they did have one other arrangement. Um, so, so th- <laughs> three different acoustic arrangements of the same song. So the one on the album is full band. Uh, the Warp Tour one is just Justin, Matt, and Tony. And then there was just Justin, Matt, and Josh. And they did like a tour of Macy's or something. I don't know. I don't understand <laughs> what this Macy's thing is. But th- there was... There right, was... After the, right after the break with, with the record label? <laughs> did they get put on uh, Macy's retainer? <laughs> but I don't... I, I don't... You could be right, actually, that it was right after the break of the record label. Um... But, um, but um, there's at least two Macy's shows and then the MLB Fan Cave show, which is the one I'm going to play right now because it's best recording, obviously, because it aired um, in front of people. But uh, I don't know. It's it's really um, just a weird thing that they did like a couple of Macy's. And I, I, I think there was a whole tour. I don't know if it was a tour of Macy's, obviously, but there was, there was a... a um, uh, a whole tour because, like, in one of the Macy's videos, the one about um, the one that I told you about, the one where they play everything is all right. Uh, yeah. They, um, I know, like, he's like, this is the last show that this is the last show ever of this tour, so I can like talk to people and shake hands in the parking lot or whatever. So I know he, like, they definitely did a full tour i don't know if like they did a full yeah, those tour are just the people who recorded them and uploaded them so well but there's like many, there's like how many shows do they play there's like aren't... four different uploads of the minnesota one like four different accounts with four different angles of the minnesota one and like two or three different angles of the michigan one and then no other ones but they also i know for a fact that on that same tour they played yo gabba gabba live um which we'll talk about when we talk about everything is all right because they they re, re, reworked everything is all right and it's a terrible recording but we got to talk about it because it's excellent. Um, but uh, so they only played Yo Gabba Gabba Live. So like, what what were they doing? Like, because I don't think they were on the label anymore. When did they leave the label? <laughs> I'm so I'm so confused about this. I've they never been more confused money, about so this. So they went on the Macy's retainer. Um, hold on, because Go came out and. 
goes recorded June to October of 2011. They left the label when? Um, later that year. So the, the, yeah, Columbia dropped them in 2010. So they were touring the album that they that were on a label they were not no longer on. I'm so confused. Anyway, <laughs> so here's the MLB fan cam recording of the third acoustic. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh my, arrangement of uh, Worker B. It's been a good year, a good new beginning. I'm through with the old school, so let's commence the winning. I've been a good little worker bee. I deserve a gold star. So that's interesting as hell. <laughs> um, it's like super chill. Right? I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about the video where he's standing in front of what seems to be a small crowd in front of a bright of the bright room in like the MLB New York. Yeah. Oh, also in the background, stadium. I definitely see what appears to be a Washington Nationals game going on. <laughs> I see Mr. Met in, in one of those screens. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what this was, what this MLB Fan Cave series was. I'm familiar with the MLB Fan Cave. I just like don't know. Yeah. I didn't know they played music at them. And like, this is the. I think this is the only MLB fan cave motion soundtrack video there is, and there's like an interview before it. There's there's so much there's so much going on here. Um, there's there is a sadness to that video, uh, which is funny because so okay because okay yeah because there's there's bootleg recordings of them playing everything is all right. Don't call it a comeback. Fell in love without you, um, which I know they played everything is all right elsewhere on this acoustic mini tour or whatever it was. Um, I don't know about the rest, but I, I'd assume so. But the only official recorded one is the is uh, Worker B. Um, but I, I really like that arrangement, and I there's uh, that's the best recording of it. But there's the um one of the Maces recordings. It sounds super loungy, like you know what I'm saying. Like it sounds like like he's doing Sinatra. Like not like he's you know obviously he's not singing like Sinatra exactly but like he's like doing them the cadence of Sinatra. Here let me let me play it. I think you'll just see what I'm talking about. I'm through with the old school, so let's commence the winning. Right, like, <laughs> and I, I think it's yeah. excellent. I yeah. think it's really really cool. Um, <laughs> but it's just like. I don't know, like, they're just doing weird stuff because the label dropped them, <laughs> you know? Like, it's, <laughs> it, um, I, I, re I really, really like that. Like, it's, I deserve a gold star. Like, it's, like, it's like he's holding, obviously he doesn't drink, but it's like he's holding a fucking martini in his hand and, like, a cigar <laughs> in the other hand, like, you know? Like, it's a little bit of a boozy, a boozy singing there. Yeah, like, <laughs> boozy, boozy, not boozy, boozy, boozy. Yeah, well, boozy, boozy also would be, I think, accurate. <laughs> um, like, I, it's, it's, it's such a, it's so different than I think anything, any arrangement of anything. Like, even like, even the acoustics on the, uh, even if it kills me, like, don't none, none of them sound anything like that. And it's yeah, like get, get weird with it, absolutely. Yeah, so, so, so like I was, I was, I was like nobody covers Motion City soundtrack like Motion City soundtrack because every, <laughs> every, like I said, every single video was just a straight through cover, and then Justin gets up like, I deserve a gold <laughs> star. Like, whoa, what is this? Location <laughs> um, of that one was that one of the Macy's ones. This one, this, this is one of the Macy's ones. Yeah. Um, and it's, there's like no tags to it. I'm gonna do because <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a little bit of that in the MLB Fan Cave one, but like not. It's not like fully there, you know. And maybe maybe it's because there was like a big crowd, and he's like, you know, not everybody knew who I think knew who most of the soundtrack was. But if you're going to fucking see a band at a Macy's, like you, you better fucking, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Is there some video? <laughs> some performance for Earth and Aces, it's nobody's there. <laughs> um, 
Because like it's different when you're like on a stage than like oh, so this Macy's actually there is a stage, but the other Macy's there was they were literally just standing in front of a, a Macy's sign and like there's microphones and there's speakers, but there's not a stage. There's no separation between between Justin and everybody else. And I said, like I don't. Fall Out Boy is playing stadiums, and uh, most of the soundtrack played Macy's. <laughs> Like <laughs> something's not right in the world. <laughs> oh, man. By, by the way, coincidentally, I googled every. I, I didn't Google. I YouTubed everything is all right. Macy's to find the video, and for some reason, some band called All Right Like This did a cover of Sugar We're Going Down at a Macy's around the same time. So maybe this was a thing that Macy's was doing. I don't know because Best Buy did this. I know. I know I Best Buy showed up and started playing there. <laughs> it's like, um, did you hear that story about the uh, the punk rock band that trashed at Denny's last month? <laughs> yeah, I I feel like it's not the first time I've heard about. I definitely I've definitely seen this. there was there was one like a year or two ago where where there was like an abandoned Denny's that a, that a, that a punk band played, but like yeah. last month some kid booked a punk band for a Denny's and Denny's like stuck him with like a two thousand dollar bill like because they because they wrecked the place so they stuck him with the bill and like green day paid the bill or something like that <laughs> yeah it's 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 fucking ridiculous um uh but so, so, by the way so i think i think on this same whatever this tour was they also played best buy but that like that was a thing that happened i know that was a thing that happened that like bands would just play at best buy they just they did a fucking mall tour. What the fuck? I'm scrolling down like they did they did cuz they did those two Macy's and they did a Best Buy in Aurora, Illinois. They did a Best Buy in Bloomington, Minnesota at the Mall of America. Like what the f- what is this tour? I feel like playing Mall of America is a little it's a little bit elevated. No, I Maybe I'm not, not just much, a, but... I I agree. And well, no, cuz that's the thing. It's one thing to just like play Mall of America, but it's not Mall of America. It's a Best Buy in Mall of America. That's worse. That's what I'm That's saying. <laughs> but like, also, Jesse was there for that one. Jesse was there at the Best Buy, which I guess makes sense. They're from Minnesota, um, yeah. so maybe, maybe they just like maybe you know that's why they got the whole band for that how one. Are they paid for, how much are they getting paid for these bookings? If you're already living in Minnesota and someone's like, well, I don't. What do you think? I don't know. Well, there's uh, when we get to when we get to nine the movie track. There's a, there's a whole show they did like an acoustic set and like some tiny little. <clears throat> What, what looks like a college, like a community college uh, theater, uh, and they did they they, re, they did the entire album straight through like alternate versions, which is pretty cool. Um, but um, yeah, I, uh, I I don't know. I, I but I I know like some like some like legitimately big bands played Best Buys um, around that time, like ten like two thousand ten, you know, ten years ago, whatever. Um, that was like that was kind of a thing, uh, but it's still. Oh no, this 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 one was in in 2010. This was in January 2010. So they were on the label. They were on Sony. Sony sent them to Best Buy. What? <laughs> what was it like the band tour series? Do you know what the official name was? I I don't. I can't. Best Buy band tour series. Let's see. Of course, it just shows me product. Yeah. If I add Motion City soundtrack to it, I'm. I just I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, saves the day opening for say anything emotionally. Saves the day is a pretty big band. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I think that is all the covers and alternate versions. Um, do you have any final thoughts on Worker Bee? Not on the covers, on the on the lyrics, sure, but not on the on what? the different covers. On, on the song Worker Bee, do you have any 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 final any final thoughts or anything else that we didn't cover yet? Well, I know in the video he says that it's about, or the, the idea of it is that it's about New Year, and maybe this is a continuation of the Even If It Kills Me sobriety. Uh, but that that f- uh, the second paragraph in the song. Um, it just, it so much seems to me like he's talking about school. Like, God of the glad hands, the black holes, and liars, glad hands being 
you know, phony suck-ups, black holes being idiots, liars being liars, constant companions, people you can't get away from because you're in school with them, obnoxious suppliers. I think that's just kind of a reiteration of, like, everybody around me sucks and I can't get away from them. Carnivore, Carnivore King's Milking Holiday Sins, which I love, I love how that's written, sounds so much like bullies bullying you for things you did over summer. Like, that's what... Carnival King's milking holiday sins, and you screwed up over the summer. They're making fun of you for it. Yeah, that's and comas and cashmere just sounds to me like sleeping in class. That's interesting. Comas and cashmere sleeping in class. I I think it also could be, again, it, from from the drug angle, just like actually like just a, a fucking crazy ass high. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Because I mean, obnoxious suppliers is is like straight up. You know, could clearly oh, be yeah, drugs. Of course, Jesus, how I missed that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that one's. And then, because not only not only obnoxious suppliers, but if you take out the ub, just noxious suppliers. Yeah. You know, like as as sort of a play on words there, um, and constant companions like the the drugs themselves, or or the the um on, you know like the sort of the the addiction is a constant companion. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think about Carnivore King's Milking Holiday Sons? That one, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I. That's tough. I mean, holiday sins could just be like getting wasted over break or getting wasted over Christmas, you know? Yeah. Um, I, Carnivore Kings is, is a tougher one. I, 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 but did he ever deal with like, um, did he ever deal much with like paparazzi, negative news attention, anything like that? No. I mean, like very little, if anything. But first of all, he lived in Minnesota. So yeah. like, there's not really a lot of paparazzi there right, except exactly. for outside Prince's house, um, and then, uh, and then like, he, he just, I don't think he ever got famous enough. Like, I've been there. The only people outside of Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. What does Brad Pitt never come home? What? Brad Paisley Park. Brad Pitt. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't, and and then obviously the next verse is is I think, I mean I think it works either way, and then you know they obviously did a lot. I, although, I mean Ad Ad is is very clearly about bullies, like you know that's that's mm-hmm. the, the fucking song. <laughs> you all need to go, well, you motherfuckers. The idea of the of the gold star being something you would be given in school. Right, that's true. That's true. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's there's multiple interpretations. Actually, uh, somebody on songmeanings.com said it was about Obama. <laughs> yeah, I, I did see. Some, yeah, that's um, too. which like the theory kind of makes sense, but also doesn't. <laughs> um, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what I felt. Really, and I'm like, well, this is a strap. Uh, hold on, let me see if I can I can find it. Uh, it's Obama. His gold star is his peace prize. It talks about how they believe Obama wasn't ready. Gone are the glad hands because it went from no good to fucked up and over. The recession. Barreling head first to fess up and wounds as I was not used to. He can't handle office in their opinion. Um, which is just like kind of bonkers. Like Illuminati shit. Yeah. Like, first of all, uh, the song was recorded, I think, <laughs> like in April of 09. Um, so... That's uh, that's pretty <laughs> ridiculous, <laughs> but also uh, they have very actively said they've never written a political song except for calling all cops. Um, no, not sorry. Hello, helicopter. Uh, Hello, helicopter is is the only political song. I mean, maybe maybe they said that before this album, so it's possible there's a political song on this album, which is funny because I don't even think Hello, helicopter like. Now that like you know, when I think about it in that context, I realize that. But I always felt like the more political lyric on that album was in um, "This Is for Real." Uh, it's chaos in the courthouse, and the left side's all upset because the right side wants a summer home and knows we can't afford it. Like that's that seems overtly political. Like that's, it's not even like subtle. It's kind yeah. Of it seems that seems overtly political, and they're, but they're like, I nope. That feels like it's, no. I just feel it feels very straightforward. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's 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 a different episode and a different song. So we'll talk about that yes. another time. Um, any any lingering thoughts on Worker B? I like the song, but the poll and the subreddit did not like the song. 
Yeah, yeah. So the Motion City Soundtrack subreddit did, did their elimination polls so recently. It was it was one of their least favorites. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they like every song, but yeah. Uh, where did it, fin- it finished? Eighth out of twelve eight. on the album, which yeah. surprises me because I, I was looking at that earlier too, and I was like, there's definitely. I'd probably put it above. I'd probably put it fifth, maybe. I don't know. It's tough. They also put "Everything Is All Right" fourth on that album, which is very interesting because, I mean, I, I kind of agree. <laughs> it's probably my fourth favorite yeah, song on that they, album. They, they like time turned. They like time turned fragile because it's the best song. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, okay, uh, I guess that's gonna do it then for uh, our first episode. Um, we have a Twitter account. It's uh, at motion city pod i think uh because uh i i learned why motion city soundtrack's twitter account isn't at motion city soundtrack it's because uh, it's too many letters because motion city podcast is also too many letters and somebody already has at motion city uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he uses it too so oh well um hold on somebody i follow follows at motion city what I'm going to come back to that later. Uh, I am at Kuhan on Twitter. Jake is at XFIP minus. Um, Jake, the word minus. The word that's, minus, that's yes. Simple. I don't think you can put a dash in Twitter accounts. Uh, <laughs> uh, XFIP was taken. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, we don't have a Patreon yet, but... If anybody listens to this show and says they want to give us money, let us know and I'll make a Patreon. Uh, I haven't made an Instagram yet, but I'll probably make it Motion City Pod. And I think that's it. I'm not I'm not going to deal with all the other social medias. Oh, we should probably have an email address. Eh, we'll figure that out. <laughs> we might have yeah. an email address at some point in the future. Hit uh, us on Twitter in the meantime. Yeah, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, that'll do it for the episode. Uh... Until next time, that's it. I don't know. I don't have it until next time. Bye. Bye.